This episode of Geared Up is brought to you by National Car Rental. Take control of your travel experience with National Car Rental's Emerald Club. Visit nationalcar.com to find out more. Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. All right, Andrew, coming up on today's show, the Surface Go. Surface Go, Microsoft's newest tablet PC. Yeah, it's a hybrid, and uh, it's 10 inches. We're, we're going to be going hands-on with it here. In fact, we have here on the desk in Some the studio. Some of your favorites. Right. Uh, this is sort of the, <laughs> this is sort of the uh, latest in a line of Microsoft's attempts to make very portable, lightweight Surface tablets. Entry-level, yeah. Yeah, sort of, sort of like the uh, granddaughter of the original Surface RT, although I don't think Microsoft would want to claim that. No, they would not. <laughs> no, they would not. Plus, we're going to be talking about the new leaks about the Samsung Galaxy, no, the Samsung Note 9. Galaxy Note 9. You were, the, you were correct. I was right. Okay. Galaxy Note 9. Yes. And we're going to get kind of a sneak peek at the next iPhones. Yes, that's right. That's and right. You literally have things here in you the studio right here, that right are very here, similar. Exclusive. Yeah. So, Andrew, why don't we start with that? We're going to start there. Okay. Yeah. Because we talked about the iPhone 9 or the iPhone 10s or whatever, whatever they're going to call it. We yeah. talked about it on last week's show. And you have here with you mm-hmm. mock-ups, yes. hardware mock-ups of the, the next iPhones basically built to the specs that have leaked. Correct. So, first of all, I'll hand you this. This is just my iPhone 10. This Got is it. the current iPhone 10, okay? Beautiful device. Then there's this, which I don't know if this is the 9. Some people are saying it's going to be called the iPhone 10 Lite. It's still in the wrapping because I, I just got these as I was walking out the door. So this is, can I take the wrapping off? No, you want me, I'll leave the wrapping yeah, on. Yeah, we'll do it for video later. <laughs> but it gives you it gives you a, it gives you an idea of the size. Okay, though. so so this is the, the low end model. So what you handed me is maybe seven mm, percent taller, I would say, than the iPhone 10. Just, That's, just eyeballing, just eyeballing it. Seven percent. Um, I'll tell you the size wise. The iPhone 10 is five point eight inches, and what I just handed you is six point one. Yeah. Okay. Somebody can check my math. Yeah. I might actually be pretty, pretty darn close. <laughs> I like, and it's just slightly wider. What you right. just handed me. Now, if you look on the back. 10. It's yep. got one camera instead of two. Oh, interesting. So that is the entry-level model. Despite being larger, that would be the entry-level model phone. So explain this to me. Is this the successor to the iPhone 10 or eight. the successor to the iPhone 8? Yes. Successor to the iPhone 8, but as you can see, there's no home button. Okay, got it. So Right. So this essentially It will have is, touch ID and all. I mean, face ID, rather. Yep. And now I'm looking at the camera array at the top. It's, it should be similar. It's it's a little different. Oh wait, it's just well, because I'm not seeing the. Remember, other this cameras. is just a, a model. It's a mock-up. Yeah, it's a mock-up. So it may it's not going to look exactly right. It's more for size okay. perspective than anything. But it'll have the same sensor um, array at least for for Face ID. Got it. It may not have the the same you know as good of a camera on the front, but it'll have the same technology for fa- Face ID. So this is the successor to the iPhone eight. It's, That's it's, right. It's not the iPhone eight plus. No. So there's also this. Okay. This is the iPhone, again, don't know, 10 plus, 11 plus, whatever. It's the plus size version of the 10. It's basically a little tablet. It is a 6.5 inch version. Okay. 6.5. 6.5 inch screen. So that compares to 5.9, as you just said. iPhone 10, 5.8. 5.8. Right. 5.8 and then 6. Point, I think it might actually be 6. Point, yeah, 6.5. Okay. Yes. 
So it's significantly larger in terms of the screen size. Right. Still has very thin bezels mm-hmm. and still has no home button. Right. So therefore- Just larger. Just, just much larger. Okay. Wow. So what what are your thoughts after holding these? And I realize the weight may not be exactly the, no, not the same. No, not at all. They're, they're probably empty. Yeah. But it's interesting. Um, I think the, I mean, the big hit, in my opinion, is going to be the entry level model. This year, for the first time ever in the history of iPhone, the most expensive model is the best selling. iPhone 10 is outselling 8 and 8 plus, um, not combined, but individually. Um, it's always been the cheapest iPhone is what sells best. Hmm. Um, this year, that's changed. But I think. In 2018, with the new models, this entry-level version, which the rumor is that it'll have an array of different colors that you can get the back glass in, this will be probably what sells most because you're going to have the new UI, the home button's gone, so you you basically you feel like you're getting a 10, but you're getting something with an LCD instead of an OLED. It's a little bit bigger, but it's cheaper. I don't see why this wouldn't be the big hit. So this is again, year. this is sort of the the one that is the successor to the iPhone eight. Yeah, but it's a, a cheaper version. And remind me again, there was another iPhone back in the day that had bright colors and five C, the five C. So yeah. this is kind of like what the iPhone five C was to the five, the iPhone whatever this is going to mm. be is to the eight. So we don't know what the internal specs yeah. are. The five C back then was a five because Apple likes to release a phone and then the next year bump it down by a hundred dollars with the five they when they released the 5s they couldn't make the five for that cheap so they just took the five and gave it a new body hmm. if this phone has last year's internals then it would be similar to a 5c got it but if it has upgraded internals for this year then it's only five. It's only comparable just by the colors and nothing else. And we should say that all of this is speculation at this point. Correct. Although informed speculation, and yeah. clearly uh, it would make sense for Apple to get rid of the home button in so. the new devices based on time. where they've been headed. I think this could be akin, though, to the axing of the headphone jack in terms of the negative reaction from people. When, we talked about <laughs> this a little last week, but I, I do think it's a big risk to get rid of the home button. Well, let me ask you this. Because people do say that about the headphone jack. People still complain about the headphone jack to this very day. People complain about the MacBook Pro keyboards or the lack of ports. Yep. The iPhone continues to sell roughly 200 million units a year. Did the removal of the headphone jack really do any damage? Apparently not. To Apparently sales? not. But how many more could they have sold had those people not? I mean, opted they still for... sell more. Okay, they sure. Always, the numbers always go up. <laughs> yeah. They just had a record quarter again. Yeah. a few weeks ago so, or last week, so record quarter. Let me see the big one again. You yeah. said that's a six point five inch screen. Six point five inch display. So that compared to this, this is what you've been used to. Yep. So this is essentially the iPhone ten plus. Yeah, that, exactly. That's that's exactly. Essentially, no matter yes. what they call it, that's the way to right, think about right. it. Right. This and this. So this is the other one that I've just picked up. That is a giant. That's, that's basically a tablet. Would you go for that? Uh, it's a little too big. Where are you me. at? Uh, you know, I'm I'm still on just the standard iPhone. Were 10. you? Didn't you use the eight, the seven plus? I used the seven plus for a while, and I got to say, it was a relief to switch to the oh, ten. Because okay. I was going to say, this is a similar yeah, size to the it, plus model. It was too much, too and in much fact, for you. my my colleague John Cook got the iPhone eight plus, I believe. 
Is that, does, it, does one of those things exist? Yes. yes. A plus exists. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, honestly, it can be hard to keep track of. Right. If, A plus for, exists. A plus. So he got the iPhone A Oh, he plus. did finally. He did. And wow. And that thing is a monster. <laughs> and, you know, it's one of those where you end up taking it out of your pocket when you're at a, a restaurant for lunch <laughs> or something. You know, it ends up on the you table more. You don't want to more. sit on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this actually leads us into our next story, which okay, is- which is what? A, a leak about the Samsung Galaxy oh, yeah. Note 9. Okay. One of the interesting things about this leak, and we should say there's an announcement coming up later after we record this episode. Yes, I'll be there. It's happening on Thursday. Um, I'll be in New York for the announcement, um, and I'll make a video and everything as well. Yeah, so you can check that out at uh, youtube.com slash gear live, Andrew's YouTube channel. But this leak was interesting in part because it indicated that the Note 9, in addition to a large screen and a stylus and everything that the mm-hmm. Samsung Galaxy Note has had, yeah, will have a huge amount of storage, which is different for Samsung. Correct. Usually, they have a pretty minimal amount of yes. onboard storage, and then you have to supplement that with like a micro SD yeah. card. Right. But they're talking about what upwards of 512 gigs of internal memory with it being able to go up to one terabyte yeah. with expandable memory. Like, who needs one terabyte of storage? On their, well, is this a phone or a tablet? I guess it's a it's, phablet, right? Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> what a terrible word. School but, me on this, um, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, first of all, 512 to me sounds great. The, the Note line is where Samsung kind of plays around with technology. Like, they try to cram stuff in. Last year, they were a little more conservative because the year before, the batteries were exploding. Um, but typically, the Note is where Samsung will kind of play around. So... Um, 512 gigabytes of storage, I think sounds great. Um, and then it's just the SD card slot supports another 512 gigabytes as well. If you want to go to one terabyte. Now, what if you're concerned in this day and age privacy? What if you take a lot of photos and videos? The, a lot of the phones these days, both iPhones and Android phones will save, um, storage on your phone by uploading everything to the cloud and then saving like basically com- super compressed versions locally. What if you don't want your stuff in the cloud? What if you don't want Google Photos mining through your stuff or Samsung or whoever else? Well, you get a phone that can hold all your content and turn off the cloud functions. See, this is interesting to me, though, because I've had computers that don't have 512 gigs of storage, <laughs> let alone a terabyte. There have been times when I've gone out and I've had to buy full terabyte hard drives, external right. disks, just to store stuff. And now it's just going to be on this I mean, you phone? don't want to you don't want to take an external hard drive yeah. with you when you want to use your phone. Yeah. I, right? Here's, here's my thing. No, I totally get it. And I think it's great. But my question is, how much are the base level 512 gig versions of the Note 9 going to cost? I think I mean, that, that's a that, good question. Yeah. Um, what are you paying not for? Not cheap. Yeah. I mean, so if we think about it, the 256 gigabyte iPhone 10 is 1150, I believe. In that realm, yeah. Roughly 1150. So. I mean, I don't know how much higher you can go. Twelve hundred. There, there's, there has to be a ceiling to what people are going to be willing to pay for these devices. I don't know what that ceiling is because the iPhone 10 is Apple's best-selling phone every week since its release, and that's a minimum of a thousand dollars. So, I don't know. It's a good question. I'm scared. So we're obviously making all of these conclusions, jumping to these conclusions based on things that have not yet been announced. Right. But, but we're this, seeing... this the leak was an official Samsung video. So what we're talking about is not rumor. Right. 
just FYI. Did anything else stand out to you in, in this particular league? 4,000 milliamp hour battery. Okay, explain that to me. I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the battery capacity of the phone. Um, Samsung was extremely conservative last year with the battery on the Note 8 because of the battery issues from the Note 7, which, if you weren't around back then, was released, started exploding, recalled, reconfigured, re-released, started exploding again, recalled and canceled. Well, and to be fair, if you weren't around back then, you're now still only two years old, so you're probably not listening to Gear. <laughs> well, I just mean <laughs> you like paying attention. Yes, maybe you were 16 <laughs> years old and now you're 18 and you're in the workforce or something like that. Okay, um, but what I'm saying is they were conservative with the battery. So last year, people were disappointed with the battery life of the Note 8 because the Note is a larger phone, but they didn't. They didn't fill it with battery right. last Be- year. Because they didn't want it to blow up. Which made sense. They were being a little more cautious. This year, um, they're back. So they're putting a huge battery in the phone. So to give you an idea, and it's not a apples to apples comparison because iOS manages its software differently, but the iPhone 10 has less than a 2,000 milliamp hour battery. Mm. So, uh, so Samsung's putting a 4,000 milliamp hour battery in their phone. So basically, all day battery life. Morning to night, don't, you don't need to be rushing around trying to find somewhere to plug in. That's the idea, at least. It all depends on what you're doing on your phone, but your phone should be able to last you pretty much all day. Fascinating. It's a, it's a huge battery. Okay. So you're going to be there. What yeah. else will you be looking for? What, what will be your, your uh, measures of success on this particular device? Samsung is really good at thinking of different ways to innovate on their products. And it's hard to think of what they're going to do because they always do something kind of out of left field. Mm-hmm. And just like, Here's this feature no one ever asked for, but we're trying it just because. Like when they did the first curved display, um, when the first phone they did with a curved display only curved on one side, and they said it was just an experiment. We're just seeing. And now all their phones curve on both mm-hmm. sides, and it has that very popular, sleek-looking. They were the first phone to go, you know, minimal bezels and everything. So I'm not sure where they're going to go with the Note, but I'm just curious to see what that weird feature is this time. How many times do you think they'll mention Bixby during oh, the during the presentation? Oh and I ask that as a so litmus many. test for whether or not Samsung's voice assistant is really going to be relevant long-term. No, I think there will still be a dedicated Bixby button right on the phone. I don't know if you knew that or not, but... Samsung's recent phones have a button specifically for Bixby. That's wow. all it does. Okay. So imagine an iPhone having a Siri button. Yeah. Like well, just for Siri. Right. Like that's what the Bixby button is. You press it and all it does is let you talk to Bixby. It's very frustrating when you press it by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. How does right. Bixby, what does Bixby sound it like? Sounds like it's English, I guess. I was going to say, yeah. I, I Get out of here. Imagine anything named Bixby would have sort of a British <laughs> exactly. butler approach. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so that is a glimpse ahead at what could be coming in these large form factors yeah. from Apple and Samsung. I know you are a day-to-day iPhone user. Is there any chance that Samsung could lure you over as a an everyday user? I mean, you test these things all the time, but no. in terms of your own device. No. Why not? Um, and it's because it's not about the hardware for me. It's about the software. Um, a lot of the software I rely on is on iOS. A lot of the ecosystem, all my photos, everything's iCloud. So that's the ecosystem I'm currently tied to. Um, however, you know, I usually carry around both an iPhone and a Google Pixel 2 XL. Mm-hmm. I love the Pixel's camera. I think it's the best camera in the business. So from that perspective, like I'm always carrying around an iPhone and an Android phone. But the iPhone is definitely like my default phone. 
Excellent. All right. We will talk more about the Galaxy Note 9 after it's released on mm-hmm. next week's episode That's right. of Geared Up. So stick around for that next week. But stick around today on the show because coming up, we're going to be going hands-on with the brand new Surface Go. Yes, Panos Panay's new baby. This is going to be a great discussion. That's coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. It is time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. Yes, Geared Up is brought to you by National Car Rental. Go national, go like a pro. You can find Andrew's other show, when he's not here, he's moonlighting at Technically Speaking (laughs) on the nationalcar.com control center. You can also find that at youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. That's right. And so on that show, Andrew, you talk about gadgets, devices that will help you when traveling. And in fact, this week's National Car Rental Story of the Week, the new Surface Go hands-on, mm-hmm. very much falls it fits into in. that. It exactly. Fits in. Yes. So if you want to learn about more tech as we talk about the Surface Go, if there's other stuff, if you're traveling, business travel, personal travel, and you want some of the best tech to either make travel easier or more fun or more productive, technically speaking, it's a show to watch. That's right. And again, you can check that out at the National Car dot com site or youtube.com slash national car rent yes the latest tech puts you in the driver's seat of your travel experience national car rentals emerald club will keep you there all right let's look at the surface go well andrew you know my history with the surface i know it well lineup goes way back it's comedy gold (laughs) (laughs) i enjoy is it comedy or is it productivity I enjoy so, your pain. I've had a long history with Microsoft Surface devices, dating all the way back to this device, which I have here on the table in front of me, with its with its hinge, mm-hmm. the Surface RT, original Surface RT, yes, which still looks good. It does. I, I don't know if it still works. I haven't fired it up in a while, <laughs> but uh, this, of course, we know it doesn't work great <laughs> for running the apps that they said they would run on day one. We know that. Well, we know that much. It, it certainly had a much less, a much, a much smaller app ecosystem than the iPad and iOS, for example. So this was essentially a uh, horizontal orientation, a 16 by 9 uh, screen orientation. Uh, and then here I had the, the Surface 2 with its mm-hmm. hinge. It had multiple positions in the hinge. Yes. As you can hear there. So the hinge is sort of the hallmark. And again, this yeah. this also ran Windows RT, which is mm-hmm. essentially a, a lockdown version of Windows. So right. that leads us to the Surface Go. Also has a kickstand. Also has a kickstand. But as with the most recent Surface devices like the Surface Pro, it is a smooth and basically any position right. kind of kickstand. That's nice. So you can take it basically anywhere, all the way up. Look at that. That goes all the way. Oh my Whoa, gosh! Almost, almost goes flush. Yeah, almost 180 almost, degrees. Yeah, Look almost, at that. Wow, that's that's pretty impressive that it goes <laughs> that far. I, yeah, I haven't no, broken it yet. It's not broken. So a few things to note about this: it's more of a three by two orientation. Okay. So you look at this, and it looks a lot like an iPad. In of fact, course. I think if you handed this to somebody and you said, "What is this thing?" if they didn't have it turned on, they might think it was an iPad. Yeah, they think it was an iPad from a couple of years ago. Real yeah, thick. Exactly. It's got s- some pretty thick bezels, mm-hmm. so the screen itself doesn't take up the entire front of right. the device like a lot of newer devices does. So that that's interesting. Um, a couple really uh, good additions from my perspective. One, it has a USB-C port. That is good. So I've actually already tried this with an extended display. So I was able mm-hmm. to run this with an external monitor, okay. and it ran smoothly from my perspective. So now this is the lower-priced version of the new Surface Go. It comes with 
four gigabytes of RAM. So this is not something that's going to have a lot of memory for you to run a ton of apps. Right. It's 2018, four gigabytes. It's a little tough. But again, hey, entry level. Yep. And the other downside is the processor. This does not run one of the Intel Core right. processors, like the Core i3, Core i5, Core i7. It runs the Intel Pentium Gold. Right. That's which, a new processor, but it's a new, low not end. very fast. It's a new low-end processor for mobile devices like this. So you're not going to be doing a lot of video editing no. on the Surface Go, but what are you going to be doing with it? Well, you're going to be doing a lot of web browsing, uh, messaging, watching YouTube, a lot of the things that you might do on an iPad. Okay. So content-wise, a lot of the early reviews are saying, hey, it's an okay processor. Mashable, in its review, basically uh, skewered the thing in terms of its <laughs> performance. It made me wonder if perhaps they didn't get a version or a model of the Surface Go. Maybe their particular review unit had some flaws in it. Mm -hmm. Others, like Edbot from ZDNet, say his version went really well in terms of its ability to handle a bunch of different apps. But at the same time, you're not going to be running Photoshop or anything like right. that on this. And in part, you're not going to be running those high-end programs out of the gate because this starts with Windows 10 S. Right, correct. So it is actually Windows 10. It's not like mm -hmm. Surface RT back in the day, which was running this offshoot of the operating yeah. system, but it is locked down as Windows 10S, which means you need to run apps from the Microsoft Store, right. from the Windows Store, to be able to actually use them on this device. You can unlock it to full Windows, is that correct? Yes, you can. So if you do that, you I think that's where it starts to get confusing, though, because you're able to unlock it from Windows 10S to full Windows 10, but the specs are pretty low end for a full Windows yeah. 10 what Microsoft would have you believe computer right it's not a lap it's not a tablet it's a computer it's running full Windows so here's where I think this fits in and and I will say we talked about Minecraft last time yeah so whereas Chromebooks cannot run Minecraft mm -hmm. natively this you open up the Windows uh, man, start menu and right there, boom, there's Minecraft waiting, <laughs> waiting for you to <laughs> download, at least for me. Maybe nice. that was based on my prior configuration, but still uh, th they make it very clear. Yeah. Microsoft owns Minecraft now, and so they can leverage that. And of course it would work on their device. Mm -hmm. Now, another thing you can see here, it's actually looking for me. This has Windows Hello built in. Okay, facial recognition. For a low-end device like this, that is actually very unusual. Yeah. So um, I'm doing that, uh, and, and it, it actually has worked. It's not working right now just because we've got microphones and everything in mm -hmm. front of my face, but it works smoothly and reliably in my tests. So overall, I, I really do like it for what it is. And what it is, mm -hmm. I think, is the ability to put this in your bag, mm -hmm. in a small bag, and take it with you and have something that works really well as a tablet, an iPad alternative, right. but also can, to a limited extent, be kind of like a toy laptop, a baby laptop. So you like it for what it is. Yes. Is it worth the money for what it is? And it should be said that the keyboard is right. an additional $100. Yeah, it's actually more than that. Well, the, the, low, the, low, the black keyboard is $100. And I think if you want to get the full, uh, the, the nicer fabrics, it's a little bit more. I can look that up while we're okay. talking here. I've got the Surface Go keyboard right here okay. that is in the Alcantara. Did I yep. pronounce that right? Yep. Fabric. So, so same thing. It clicks in there and it has the um, magnet to allow you to kind of attach it to the lower end of the display. 
so you have a little bit of an angle um, for the lapability <laughs> that you need and deserve. I did not make that up. That is our friend Panos Panay's creation. Yep, and I'm I'm looking up the keyboard prices now, but yes, they do start at hundred dollars. So you can get a little bit more expensive if you want some of the the higher end fabrics on it. Okay, um, but that's the only difference. The functionality of the keyboards is the same. There's no you're not paying more for like more function in the keyboard. I assume c- correct. It's just the material. Okay, right. And one nice thing that Microsoft has done with this keyboard is the keys, and you can feel this as you're typing. They're a little bit concave, and it yeah. actually reminds me a little bit of my feels good. ThinkPad. And I've actually, even though this keyboard is smaller, even than some of the previous Mm -hmm. type covers, I find it pretty easy to use. Now, I wouldn't want to sit here typing all day on it, but 15, 20 minutes at a coffee shop, it would actually be much better than the phone, than Mm -hmm. using a phone to to sit down and type out and respond to a bunch of different emails. Right. Now, I also did get one of the Surface mice. Okay. So you've paid how much for the mice? Mouse. (laughs) So there's two different versions of the mouse that are meant to work with these Surface devices. And are not included in the box, And right? are not included okay. in the box. So one is, and of course you can use any kind of Bluetooth mouse. You could also use like a USB-C yeah. mouse. Or it, there's, there's USB-C. Are there USB-C yeah. receivers? Yeah. Um, so the Surface Mobile mouse, which was not available in time for me to get it okay. from the Best Buy, is $35. So that's a little bit smaller. I've got the Surface mouse here, which is pretty small. It's a nice desktop Bluetooth mm-hmm. mouse. And that is 50 bucks. So that is a pretty expensive device. Dollars. Forty nine ninety nine. Okay. I will say, look at this thing though. I mean, it is it is nice. It is I mean, a it is a nice mouse. Well, what I'm <laughs> my, my point no, though. But we should say the type cover has a trackpad. Yes, yeah. the type cover has a trackpad. But we're going from four hundred dollars to what you have here is five fifty. Yes, right. That's exactly right. So goes back to my question. You liked it for what it was, but is the value there for the price? That's a good point. I think the key issue clearly here is the type cover and whether you need it and the value that it adds. Mm-hmm. To me, the real killer here, if Microsoft were really truly interested in building market share in this category mm-hmm. versus just providing essentially a role model for other PC yeah. makers, which I think is a lot of what they're doing here. If they really wanted to make this a, a huge success, they would take a loss and bundle in the type cover at the base price of three ninety nine, yeah. and I think that would be a huge attention getter, and a lot of the reviews are saying that as well. And maybe that's something Microsoft could do for the holidays, for example, if they really want to holiday bundle boost the volumes, and that would make sense actually, given the production timelines too. Yeah, by that point they'd be able to ramp up their manufacturing capacity to make that happen. Right, so, right. So overall, very interesting. I'm not sure exactly how big of a market this is going to be. I think it could be something that's still pretty niche. Mm-hmm. But this is another example of Microsoft trying to show other PC makers what's possible. And and for that, I think it's a, a nice little device. You're looking at this very skeptically. You would never get this. I'm looking at it like, how would I use it? Because the question with, I think, a lot of tablets is... Well, I have my computer. Yep. I have my phone. Right. Phones are getting to be so powerful these days and big. Where does the tablet fit in that? And something like this, like this is, yeah. this is not replacing a laptop. No. It's not replacing it. So For that's some... where it's confusing because it's not, if it's not replacing, 
how is it augmenting? How yeah. is it better? I, I agree with you. I think for some people it could replace. And, and yes, I'll give you a good course. example. It, you know, we are obviously like road warriors. Yeah. You're more, you much more than me, but I, I think we're thinking of this in a much more high intensity use case. Right, right. But for somebody who's just at home and maybe they have a, an iPad that they use to pay bills or something, the ability to add a keyboard, mm-hmm. but that, that's for, as you're saying, the price gets in the way. Yeah. But the ability to just very easily add a keyboard that's made for it as opposed to a third party peripheral like you would get with the iPad. Right. That to me could be appealing to some people. However, it's called the Surface Go, yes. which implies you're not buying this if you're just sitting at home. That's true. You just get a cheap laptop. This is meant to be taken with you, thrown in a bag, taken with you on the go. And that is where I'm wondering, like, if you're that kind of person who's on the go all the time, it would seem that this is good for a student. Yes. But maybe I can't think of an adult professional where this would be the device of choice. And I don't know. You've used it more than I have. Yeah, about that's which, the question is, I have in my mind. Yeah, which is not a lot. I've only had a couple hours of hands-on time <laughs> okay, with this enough. over the weekend. Fair enough. But I, I get it. I get it. I think for some people who say, "Oh, hey, I want a tablet, and I want it to also be able to serve at times mm-hmm. as something kind of like a laptop," then there this could is. fit. And I, okay. th- I agree with you. I think that's a small slice of the market, right? So. And and I'm on Windows, and I want to run my Windows apps. Yes. And I'm willing to go through the process of converting this from a Windows 10s to a full Windows 10 Which has home. a price tag. No, no. That's that's for free. Oh, it's free? Yeah. The, the, you can okay. make it on this device. Once you have Windows 10s, it does not cost anything to, okay. to, to okay. switch it to Windows Home. It's just a process to go through okay. it. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. So that is the Surface Go. Positive, is that a thumbs up or a thumbs down from you? Is it thumbs in the middle? I would give it a qualified thumbs up. Okay. In other words, I think if this is... I think for some people, this is the right device. And I think that is for people who want something that is a tablet plus. Mm -hmm. In other words, the ability to take a tablet and make it something else and take it quickly with you. Right. Travel. I mean, like family travel. I could see taking this on vacation. Yeah. Road trip. There you go. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to work travel. Okay. All right. So that is the Surface Go. We'll continue to use this and maybe talk about some of our future impressions on upcoming shows. Okay. Coming up, Andrew, I've got a game for you. I love games. All right. I've been going through my closet, and I've got something to show you. <laughs> All right. That's coming, that's coming up next on Geared Up. All right, Andrew. All right. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. All right, Andrew. I've got a, I've got a game for you. I love, I love this. Okay. It's a cha- is it a challenge? It's a challenge. It is right. a challenge. I'm so, winning. As you know, I like to use sometimes older technology. Oh, I know. And, and I've tried over the course of my life a bunch of different things to try and solve problems in my life to the extent that I look back on those technologies now and I just laugh because new technologies have come on that completely obliterate the need for them. And so I was, I'm moving to a new house. Congratulations. And so I was going through my closet and I found a bin of old gadgets and devices. It's been probably mm, eight, nine years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to grab something out of the bin, and I've, I've actually taped it up. here. First off, let me get the bin. I've got it right okay. here with me. Andrew. Get the bin. What the heck? I got it right right here. How much does that weigh? It's pretty heavy. It's pretty is heavy. A, is that a As package of sealed CD-ROMs? Yeah, a package of sealed CD-ROMs. I've got like <laughs> a, a generic uh, Microsoft Sidewinder what the heck? Uh, video game uh, controller here. I wonder if that'll still work. 
Um, I've got the original mics that the first GeekWire <laughs> podcast was recorded on. That's Wow. <laughs> Isn't that great? The headset wow. mics. They're like $19.99. And the, yeah, it sounded about like that. <laughs> <laughs> but what I want, I've even got like my old kryptonite lock from uh, college in here. What is that, for yeah. a bike? Yeah, for a bike. Look yeah, this, this, was, this was the one that could be uh, taken apart with the Bic pen, the Bic pen <laughs> they found out later. But what I really wanted to show you, Andrew, was this. What the heck is this? This. This is... This is like a shark fin. Okay, so I've taped up the name of it, so this is going to be a game to see if you can figure out what it is. Let me put... I've never seen this in my life. (laughs) It looks like, for those listening, I'm looking at a... It looks like a shark fin with the Wi-Fi logo, and it's a USB device. So I imagine you plug this into a PC... Let's look at exactly what it has. So what do you think that is on the back? Headphone jack? It looks like a headphone jack on the back. And and it's made by Griffin. Griffin, okay, uh, they make they're an accessory maker. Yep, yep. So it's it's white, and 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 you might Plug notice you might notice. I'll point out a couple other things that okay. might tip you off to, as to what this is. I'd say it's maybe seven inches, eight inches tall, and it as you said, it's like a shark fin. It's yes, plastic, and you'll notice. This looks like it was exposed to the sun somehow. For some reason, okay. I had so that it's on one side of it. It's yeah. it's completely you know sun it's like yellowed sun bleached. Yeah, yellowed, and the other side is normal white. I think this is the white that it looked like heck? when it first came. But it, you're right. It looks like a shark fin, like maybe a dorsal fin. I think is that is that technically what it is? It's a dorsal Claire. fin. Is that the Claire. dorsal in the back of the shark? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Dorsal. Yeah. yeah. Claire. Claire confirms. Claire's our scientific <laughs> expert over there. The other day we were talking about watersheds and how they work. <laughs> I love consulting so I, with Claire. Claire, Claire always is able to set us straight on the science. So that's that's good. Okay, any guesses on what this okay, thing so is? Okay, so I'm just okay. So one side is in the sun. Yes, because originally I was going to say, okay, if it's outside, maybe it's like attached to a car. No, nope. but that would be the sun will be all around. Um, headphone jack. Yep. Is this something to stream music? You're close. Are you picking up TV signals you're with getting, this? You're getting closer. You're picking up radio? You're picking up radio. What? This was and is the Griffin Radio Shark. You ever heard of this thing? No. What the oh hell is a God, radio shark? Oh, my God. I love this thing back Can in I say, the day. hell, what the heck is a radio shark? <laughs> Let me explain to you what this thing is. So this is the, I'm taking off the, the thing. I, I'll, you know, props to anybody out there who knew what that thing, this thing if, was. If you knew... Well, be honest. <laughs> comments. <laughs> so, what this would do is allow you to schedule broadcast recordings. In other words, this this is an FM. It's it's a TiVo for radio using your computer. That's exactly what it is. What? So you would basically put this in the window. What? And that's that's why I had in the window. It would get best radio reception there. I remember the home that I was in when I used this. I remember exactly where it was. Okay. And I had a Mac. And I would plug this in and use – gosh, I can't remember. It might have been an early version of Audio Hijack or something like okay. that. And you plug it in, and then you can actually schedule times for this to turn on to tune to a radio station that you mm-hmm. want to hear. And then you would actually record. be able to record it. Yeah. Absolutely. So there were talk shows, different things that I liked to listen to at the time. And this was essentially my podcast hack. So And it worked well, I assume. It worked well. This was, I think there were podcasts at this time, but they certainly weren't as prolific. And the major broadcasters were not doing them like NPR as much as they are now. Wow. So I was able to catch and record and then I believe sync to my original iPod. iPod, yes. That would then allow me to... Use that. Did this light up? Yes, it, li- it lights up. I blue. Like in, fact, in fact, in like fact, let's that. plug this thing into a USB. Uh-oh. Proto- oh, oh, look oh, at it that. lights up! Look at it that. did. Lights it up still blue. Works. It still works. 
Yeah, so I wonder if the software, like, will this would this be able to do something today? I, I bet it would actually. Is it? I mean, because it's just what an FM, just FM, FM or receiver. AM? I, I can't remember if it was AM or it's a receiver. So it's still it's picking up. I mean, receiver. That's pretty. It could probably pick up Cairo. That's crazy. I'll see if I can record. That's what I'll do. That's I'll crazy. see if I can schedule record it. Record us. To record us there you on go. 97.3 there you FM go. Cairo. That's yes, right. there we go. Okay. So the headphone jack, though, would that allow you to listen live? While you were, yes, exactly. While recording. So okay. you could almost do a little monitor on okay. it, it just to make but sure. But that wasn't required. You could just plug it in and just, yeah. interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So they would pile up and then I would download them to my iPod and listen to him while I was doing chores around the house, kind of like a podcast. I wanted to ask you, though, to sort of modernize this okay. entire discussion. Where do you listen to podcasts these days? What's your favorite app? How do you do it? Do you use your AirPods? I'd like to hear your setup. Um, the way I, quite honestly, the way I listen to so the the thing with me is a lot of times I'm either in front of the camera talking to it, mm-hmm. so I can't listen then, or I'm editing where even if I play something, I'm focused on what I'm saying in the video that... You know when you're like you're not paying attention, you have to kind of keep rewinding. Yeah. So usually I'm not listening to podcasts unless I'm in the car, and in the car, um, the Tesla has this Stitcher Tune In. It's called Tune In. Yep. As Tune In built in to the car's display, and so I can kind of go on my computer, TuneIn.com, pick the podcast that I like there, favorite them, and then when I go in the car, it's just waiting for me there. And so I can say, you know, I can even use voice control, play the latest episode of, you know, whatever podcast, and it'll just yeah. start. So the car is really my main area for podcasts. And then also secondarily to that, a lot of times when I'm not working on videos and if I'm not, like, watching TV with my wife, I'll just use the HomePod hmm. and I'll ask, you know, the Siri to play whatever podcast it is I want to listen to while I'm just, like, kind of hanging out in the living room. That's fascinating. So you've kind of gone on to Podcast 3.0, whereas <laughs> this was maybe 1.0, taking the 0. radio. 0.5. 0.5. This is the, <laughs> exactly. This is the alpha. Right. Because <laughs> you were pulling. They weren't pushing to you. Exactly. You were pulling. Exactly. So you've, you've gone on, though. You're not just downloading and syncing or getting them on right. your dice you're you're actually you're, you're this is next true. level stuff you're, i rarely download the yeah. podcast i usually unless i'm going to take a flight or something um then i'll use overcast to download but usually i'm just asking for a podcast and just streaming it not really downloading it just streaming it that's great i gotta tell you my favorite new podcast i've got a bunch of different tell ones tell me uh, how I built this is one of my all-time favorites. I'm actually going back and listening to every episode that I missed back in the day What's of how about? I built this. Oh my gosh, it's it's an NPR one with Guy Raz where he talks to people who built successful businesses that are now well known about everything that it went okay and all of the horrible turns that it's that they took along right. the way and it's it's super inspiring That's interesting i thought it was gonna be like this old house but podcast style like how i built this shed <laughs> like, i was like this guy's just he's moving and now he's gonna start building like he's gonna start woodworking good idea I, I, that, you got a winner there <laughs> yes no my next my other new favorite one is everything is alive it's a new podcast where the host talks to actors who are playing inanimate objects. (laughs) So in one of the debut episodes, for example, he talks with a generic cola can that was purchased from the supermarket and hidden in the back of the fridge for years about his life and and how it unfolded and leading up to improv. There's a, I think it's, it's structured improv. Okay. Yeah. It's 
brilliant, brilliant, and it's a great commentary a shot. on our world as well. So <laughs> nice. That's my one of my favorites. That's, again, that's everything is alive. That's a, a great one too. Right. Don't so. forget about Geardo. Ah, you're listening anyway. Yeah, actually, <laughs> that's a perfect segue. If you are listening to this. Be sure that you're also subscribing to it yes. in your favorite podcast app. Search for Geared Up. Two words. On Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Mm-hmm. Geared Up is a production of GeekWire and Andrew Edwards. You're doing this by uh, memory. From Gear Live. <laughs> it is produced by Claire McGrain. And I think that's really all I need to know that's since it. I don't have the sheet in front of me. <laughs> Claire says good. Uh, Claire says good. Yeah, all, right. all right. He was kind of laughing, but okay. And a big thanks, as always, to National Car Rental for yes. sponsoring the show and making it possible. Again, be sure to subscribe to Andrew's YouTube channel or our Facebook page because we are going to be restarting live streams. That's right. So the GeekWire Facebook page or Andrew's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash gear live. Until next week, I'm going to take my radio shark and go home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please put it to good use. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Thanks for listening and watching Geared Up. Talk to you next time.